Here we go, DC Sports Huddle. Of course, it is sponsored by MGM National Harbor. For the latest in Washington sports, visit MGM National Harbor and experience really a sports fans of paradise. Rob Woodfork, uh, Dave Preston, George Wallace. Here we go. Uh, you know, we'll start with the Wizards. First of all, the draft pick, Johnny Davis. We were talking about this last week with David Aldridge. Uh, they got the best player available, but now there's other moves that are going to be made in the summer. I don't think they're done, but today announcing. Of course, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN reporting it because I don't think Adam Silver is the commissioner anymore. I think everything goes through Adrian first, and then he announces that that's where it happens on, on draft picks, draft night. Uh, but Will Barton, Monty Morris coming from the Nuggets, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Ish Smith uh, going from the Wizards uh, to the Nuggets. Again, this is just happening. It's not even official yet because the NBA official year has to has to start, but at, at first first blush, I mean, you get a couple of ball handlers and playmakers in both Monte Morris and and uh, Will Barton. Barton is a veteran. Uh, Morris, uh, you know, is a great story how he made his way uh, to the NBA after spending some time in the uh, G League and really became a fan favorite in Denver. Uh, bottom line, they're clearly players I believe that must have been coveted by head coach Wes Unsell Jr. because he was an assistant in Denver. I also think anytime. You get players from from organizations that have a serious track record of success and winning. That is a good thing. And the Nuggets have proven to be one of the best, not only in the Western Conference, but in the NBA. We'll open it up. We'll go from right to left this time. Dave Preston, your thoughts, just well, maybe my left, right. You get the idea. Dave Preston, your thoughts. Hey. With the, this NBA silly season starting. You know what? And I'm extremely lukewarm in these moves. I think I, I think they got the the one guy that we said a week ago would likely fall to them. I think at ten you were in that gully where it's like you, you were all the projects, uh, all the project players, and you were far sure things. Uh, it was interesting to see how the the shuffle went to top the uh, NBA draft one, two, three this year. But there's always a little bit of intrigue there. Uh, I think. As far as roster building, I like uh, you know the pieces they've that they've added from Denver, and as you mentioned, you know Wes Unseld was with the Nuggets, so he knows these guys a little bit, and it's I think it's important for a coach to have his guys in the locker room, even if they're not stars, even if they're not starters, they're guys who the rest of the team, the new players, can learn from who get added to the mix, the guys who still don't know what kind of coach Wes Unsell Jr. is, what kind of guy he is. So I'm impressed with the moves. Again, it's summer where everybody's unbeaten, except for usually it used to be the Clippers would be the only NBA team that would lose, but under new ownership, they're much better. I'm happy with the moves and let's see what they got. Yeah. And again, let's be clear. Blockbuster moves are not going to happen for this Wizards no. team this year. You look at the salary cap situation ever. So you have to make trades that make sense. And uh, while it may not blow the headlines off this trade, uh, it, it's a, a trade that makes sense on a lot of levels. So I think that that needs to be noted because the big move will be Bradley Bill and he will resign uh, with the Wizards. He wasn't going to announce it at a, a court resurfacing. He was not going to announce it uh, before the, the start of the NBA official calendar year. But but that is going to happen. George. Oh, can he come and announce it on the D.C. sports huddle then? That's, you know what? I, <laughs> It never hurts to ask, right? Yeah, right. I do, I, I do, you know, Bradley returns my messages. Might be a couple of days late, but he returns them. <laughs> so I'll, I'll try. Maybe it'll be announced on the DC Sports Auto. What do I go. have to lose? Um, you know, look, I mean, they need they need a point guard, right? I mean, that was the big the big deal. And um, you know, as far as 
looking at what these guys did, just looking at some of the numbers, Morris last year, career high in pretty much every category points, rebounds and assists. Barton is the all time three point leader for the nuggets. Uh, you know, so look, it's a, it's a deal to your point. It's not going to be a blockbuster deal. Fans probably won't know a lot of these names coming over, but West Sunset has familiarity with them. They've been uh, positive uh, players for the Denver Nuggets and have put up numbers and they come and fill needs at this Wizards team that has. So for me, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. I think the funniest thing is Kuzma's tweet. Did you see that? He says, Monte and I were in second grade together at eight years old. So we play on the same NBA team together. How about that? Eight years old. Uh, yeah. So no, I'm fine with it. I mean, you know, you hate to lose KCP and Ish Smith goes to his 13th team. That's got to be a record. Uh, you know, if he plays for the Nuggets, it sounds like he is going to be backup uh, guard help there. So I'm fine with it. It's it fills a need. This team needed a point guard, and we go from there. And Ish Smith one day will have a show on the Travel Channel because he's now lived in every <laughs> NBA city in the United States. And by the way, he's you know this is one of the most unique players, Ish Smith, because he's been on all these teams, not because he's bad. But because he's good, and sometimes it doesn't fit the salary cap, it, it's the, the, the craziest thing I've ever seen because this is a guy that is an NBA player, as evidenced by his long career. And by the way, he gets on all these teams and he either plays or starts. So it's, it's you'd like to label him a journeyman based on where he's been, but really he is not a journeyman type player. You know anyway, he reminds right? me of he reminds me of Chris Gatling. That's a right. I didn't think there was ever going to be anybody who played on more teams than Chris Gatling right. did. And I, I think Kate, I think uh, Ish has him beat by what about five or six teams off the top well, of the Ryan, the Ryan Fitzpatrick of the NBA. And I want to, <laughs> I want to exactly, exactly. He's Ryan Fitzpatrick of the NBA. And I want to be his agent. What's the credit card you're not supposed to leave home without? Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he should, he should be uh, talking about that deal. I don't leave home without it, even if I don't know where my home is. Rob. Yeah, the, the, the thing that comes to mind, and this has been the word that has been bandied about quite a bit in Washington here in recent years, and, uh, and that is the, you know, culture. And, you know, you're talking about establishing a culture, and part of that is bringing your players in. I mean, we keep, you know, sort of joking Ron Rivera for bringing in all these Carolina people. Well, you know, you expect for uh, Wes Unseld, who had his, uh, you know, I, I mean, for an assistant, I mean, this is not a big statement, but he had his best success in Denver. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and part of the issue with the Wizards and has been for years is their inability to play defense. So you get a couple of guys who can help with that, who can help, you know, bring some of the players uh, that, you know, that are there now up to speed. And so in, you know, this coming season, hopefully we see a better defensive effort than we saw last season. So that's the thing that sticks out from this move. I mean, yeah, you get, uh, you know, some good, a couple of uh, good players in positions of need. You get the point guard situation squared away. But more importantly, you have some guys who can play defense. That is the biggest uh, takeaway for me. And, and the, you're exactly right, Robin. Again, when you talk about when we talk about playing better defense, we're not asking the Wizards to go to you know limiting teams to under 90 points a game. Right. Something dramatic. We're talking about a team that needs to be better on defense, three, four possessions a game. That's <laughs> it, and th that might be on the high end, but but that's how fine a line it is. And and while I don't think the Wizards right now have a team to contend for the title, if if they play better defense, then you have a chance to crack the top four of the Eastern Conference. And that's and th that happens every year. There's all, We didn't expect Cleveland to do what it did. There's always going to be a team 
when you go into a season, East or Western, that, that cracks that top four, and that's what the Wizards have to hope, I believe, that this is going to be the year that they make that step into the top four. And you got to give you got to give Tommy Shepard credit. I mean, another trade that he pulls off, and you get a, a position of need, you get some defensive help. So I mean, I, I you know, and you, you unload. Yeah, you don't want to lose KCP and Ish Smith. We talked about his value, but for me, they didn't lose any value. of the young guys. They didn't use it. No. They, they didn't lose okay. any of the young guys, you're, and I think right. that's the big takeaway. Yeah. You didn't have to give up Rui. You didn't have to give up Avdia. I know how right. excited Dave is about those two guys in particular. So uh, that to me is the biggest win of all. Is you got what you were looking for without having to give up. Um, you know, one of these uh, players that ends up being a star elsewhere um, right. and the list goes on. I don't even want to start the list. And, and But on the lines of defense, <laughs> I'm telling you, look at Denny Avdia and people say, well, is I don't want to talk about his offense. It's his defense. He has been asked to guard guys named Giannis and, and people of that ilk. And, and uh, he's done very well. And he can guard four positions. And he thinks he can guard the center position, depending on who that center is. So Denny Avdi is definitely a, a prospect that, and all these prospects, uh, that's a key point. The Wizards, to, to make this deal, did not have to, to, to give up any of their young prospects. And look, Contavious Caldwell-Pope is a very good professional, but they still have on this team good professionals. And quite frankly, you still have your core. The, uh, Kyle Kuzma is part of the core. Bradley Beal, obviously, is part of the core. Again, I'll say it again, he's going to resign. So Maybe. Uh, we haven't heard it here he, yet. No, no, you know, it's going to be on the DC sports Hub. but you know, this is the kind of smart, uh, you know, moves that Tommy Shepard is going to have to make. There's, yep. we're not going to be talking about a block buster deal. All right. Uh, Washington commanders three years, Terry McLaurin, 28 million bonus. They pressed it. This is a no brainer, right? This, this, hey. this had to happen. They, they couldn't have screwed this up. It was the move they needed to make. It was the move they had to make. It was the move that I thought that they would announce at some point in time when all the shenanigans from Congress, you know, were, you know, just to distract the that. But it, it, it's what they needed to do. This guy has led the team in uh, catches and receiving yards in each of his three years with the club. Uh, he has uh, done so in, under less than ideal circumstances. Uh, you know, eight different starting quarterbacks. Uh, of more than a few of which are out of the league at this point in time. So credit to uh, Terry for playing well over the last three years. He has earned this deal, and uh, the team has earned the goodwill of not getting him on that uh, treadmill where they have to franchise him, and then he it winds up becoming an annual thing like uh, Brandon Sheriff or Kirk Cousins where we get to see talent leave uh, Ashburn. And just hearing him talk from his rookie season, I, I, he's done very well with the numbers. But just hearing him talk, I had a gut feeling then this guy should and will be the face of the franchise. Rob Woodford, we couldn't screw this up, right? So we got it. It's right. There's no no downside. First of all, I, I don't uh, I, I don't presume to believe that this Washington franchise is immune from screwing anything up, no matter how easy it is. So this if, if they yeah, if they ended good. up having to franchise tag him, that would have been I mean, there would have been pitchforks and torches outside of Ashburn. Uh, uh, if, if that would have gone down. But no, I, I think it's good that they got the deal done just so we eliminate the narrative. I think the first thing that caught my eye is that it's only a three-year deal. And if somebody's the face of your franchise, you want to make a statement, even if it's with dummy years on the back end that don't amount to anything because we see NFL contracts all the time. I mean, the, the, the go-to example here is Von Miller signing, what was it, a six-year, $120 million deal in uh, Buffalo at age 33, he's not going to see the back end of that. No. 
so no, it's like you're right. I would call I, I would have and, and and you know Washington fans should be glad I'm not the GM of anything, but I, I would have made sure that it's a five year deal. So you make the announcement basically that this is our guy. He's the face of our of our franchise, and you know we're going to be moving forward with him. He's not going to wear another uniform. Three years sort of says. I mean, it's good for the player because he's going to be able to cash in again before he turns 30 years old. And that's kind of like where receivers and running backs and all those guys kind of fall off a cliff. So he's got a chance to cash in again if he's still one of the elites in terms of uh, contested catches like he is right now, if he's still putting up 1,000-yard seasons and, and, and all of that. So for him, very good. For the team, uh, you know, it, and, and, you could, and you always have to pay attention to when they release this information. I mean, right at the time when Snyder is thumbing his nose at, at, at congressional uh, – uh, subpoenas and so forth like quick quick resign terry three years who cares throw, yeah. throw a bag of money his way so yeah. it, it's hard not to look at it through that lens you had to get it done they got it done so give them credit for that i just would have made sure that it was a more substantive deal that makes that you know that announcement that he's our guy forever by the way and to, and to hey, rob's hey. point i hate to jump in but you know the, the three deal who's to say that terry didn't just want three years because well, right right like, wait and see like who knows what we've seen this team contend in the past and then turn into a plate of soggy nachos two years later and have to completely rebuild who knows if ron rivera is going to be here in two years let alone three or four years at the end of the extension so if i'm terry mclaurin i want to hedge my bets get as get maximum money while still giving me the flexibility to go elsewhere because we've seen so many careers just get wasted seeing so many guys who have so much potential just waste the prime years of their career wearing burgundy and gold for six and 11 six and 10 five and 11 teams before the 17 game season by the way did like anybody chris get samuel, the- i still think chris samuel would be in the hall of fame right now if that guy yeah. played yeah. on some teams that mattered if, if you go back and look at what he was able to accomplish in the 10 years that that he was here but yes that was the other aspect of the three-year deal was maybe this is terry mclaurin saying hey washington you got three years to figure this thing out and if we're still you know on capitol hill trying to get the owner out then you know, I'm going to take my talents elsewhere. Or if I have eight different more quarterbacks throwing me passes over the next three years, uh, it gives the, it gives him an opportunity to still have a career on the back end of it. You know, if Washington still can't get out of its own way. All right, you mentioned Capitol Hill. Anybody take a guess on Roger Dell's blood pressure level as he was uh, facing a subpoena <laughs> and having having to testify? Is there any doubt? And I'll start with injured. you, George Wallace. Is there any doubt that as Goodell is going through that testimony? that his anger, his blood is boiling. The NFL, you don't tarnish the badge. Uh, they have to control the narrative. They don't want the Senate and the, and the House of Representatives controlling the narrative. This is not how the NFL works as a dictatorship. It needs to control the narrative. So is there any doubt, George Wallace, behind the scenes, the NFL and some of the owners have to be saying to Goodell, how do we get this guy out of here? That has yeah, to mean, be happening right now. I think it is. I mean, it has to. But here's the other thing. It's like, if and if it doesn't, then that means Goodell's basically like, look, if the owners don't have a problem with him, I don't have a problem with him. I think that's it's sad, but I think that's just where it's coming. He works for them. But it's don't you think the owners have a problem with or maybe they don't I, want their work about do, their own glass houses? I do think they have a problem with it. From everything you hear and all the things, he's not well-liked. 
That's that's I think that's I think that's factual. But the fact that other owners don't want anybody creeping around their closets either. I think that's part of the deal. They don't, they could start uncovering things for them too. If you st- all of a sudden you turn in Dan and then Dan starts light matches everywhere. I mean, you know, I, I think that's just the way it is. Do I think they want him out? Absolutely. Do I think that if it comes out that this other investigation and he was taking money off the top from this visiting ticket fees and all this other stuff, if you start messing with their money. I think that's a no brainer. I think that's a, a, that game over there. But then again, are other owners doing the same thing? We have no idea. So it's a, it's a, it's a slippery slope. But for Goodell, I think he definitely wants him out. I think he's sick. He, the fact that he has to go and deal with this right now, instead of talking about the upcoming NFL season, you still got the Deshaun Watson thing that he's dealing with as well. So all is not uh, well in NFL land right now and for Roger Goodell. But that Snyder thing, I don't know, guys. I have no idea where this is heading. I don't think Dan has any intention of, showing up and answering questions congress uh but where this ends i don't know but i don't it's definitely not it's definitely far from over he's going to get he's going to get removed it's just a matter of when it happens because the nfl and i have some personal experience with this so i can speak to this but (laughs) sometimes you have to live with something really difficult for a few years because it's easier to do that than to go through the messy divorce So there's going to come a time, though, where that divorce absolutely has to happen. There's going to be a watershed moment where it just doesn't make sense for anybody to continue on. And so it will happen. It's just a matter of how much more crap the NFL is willing to take before it becomes absolutely necessary to to pull that plug. And for, for all those of us on the outside, it just makes no sense that it's even gotten this far. It's I mean, this far. the guys suing little old ladies because uh, their, uh, so, their social security stipend isn't enough to warrant them having uh, uh, season tickets of thousands of dollars. I mean, that right there is a bad look for the league. It's a bad look for everybody. So when you have a guy like that and he's able to ramp it up to, you know, allegedly, you know, sexual harassment and toxic workplace and all of that. I mean, if this hasn't done it, I don't know what does, but it's just a matter of when they put their foot down on this. All right. Message to our younger viewers, uh, go to law school because there'll always be plenty of work in sports. (laughs) Audible, the line of scrimmage quickly. Dave Preston, you're audible. What a run recently for the Nationals rotation. Uh, they, they've had an ERA under two, I think, in their last 10 appearances. Even uh, pa- even Patrick Corbin uh, shined well earlier this week. He's had a nightmare of a 2022 uh, 12 strikeouts Tuesday night in a victory. That was my game to miss this week in the Nats notebook. <laughs> but the game to watch, in my opinion, this week is Josiah Gray. He pitches Saturday against the Marlins. He's had a fantastic season. Team high six wins and his ERA is just a little over one. If if you're going to go to the ballpark one out of every five days, go go to the ballpark to see Josiah Gray pitch. The youngster can hurl it. George Wallace, audible. Uh, I was going to go with the Nationals as well for a team that's really as bad as they are. It's been fun to watch the last few days and actually getting some uh, hitting and watching these guys contribute. And especially the pitching staff as well. I mean, Patrick Corbin, I mean, Davey Martinez talking about that's 2019 Patrick Corbin, 12 strikeouts, uh, you know, the career high. If you get that every five days, that's fun. Uh, You know, you can't really count on it, but I will give them credit. I mean, this is a team that, uh, you know, we've talked about how bad they've been at times, but they, they really don't ever quit. And they, they hit, you get clutch hits 
lately in eighth and ninth innings, and they're um, you know playing some pretty good baseball as of late. Yeah, you know, it's not often you leave twenty-two runners on base over two games and win both those games. Rob Woodford, right. dude, two for twenty-two with runners in scoring position, and both of those hits were eighth inning, yeah. uh, basically game winners. Um, my huddle at the line of scrimmage uh, appropriate because uh, we're, we're talking about Marlon Briscoe, who uh, passed away earlier this week. And uh, a lot of people look, as I said in my uh, sports casts uh, on Monday, uh, he's probably the greatest player you never heard of because he's the first uh, uh, black uh, starting quarterback in uh, modern pro football. Uh, he really didn't get that opportunity. Uh, because uh, as a, he was almost a rookie a year, 1968, uh, ends up starting uh, for the Denver Broncos. They uh, didn't bring him back the following year, asked for, asked for his release or trade. Uh, they granted it. He ends up being a really good receiver in Buffalo. And, uh, and I didn't even realize he was the uh, starting uh, receiver opposite uh, Paul Warfield on the um, Dolphins teams that uh, went undefeated and won back-to-back Super Bowls. So uh, just a great football player and one of the great what if stories because he was a smaller guy. He was called the magician. I mean, that sounds to me a lot like Russell Wilson. And we could have had him uh, be uh, sort of that, uh, the, the, you know, the Russell Wilson of the 70s. And that could have opened some doors if, uh, you know, if the league had been progressive enough to uh, allow that. So, um, you know, rest in peace to a legend. A lot of people have uh, pointed to him as uh, kind of the, the first step in the progression that uh, that led to Shaq Harris with the L.A. Rams, the first black quarterback to uh, uh, win a playoff game. And then, of course, as we know here, Doug Williams, the first black quarterback to uh, start and win a Super Bowl, ends up being the MVP of the game. So really all of that begins with Marlon Briscoe. And um, if you haven't read up on him, you absolutely should, because this is what the Hall of Fame is for, by the way. When we do these debates about you know, who should or shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. People always point to stats and so forth. That's not what the Hall of Fame is supposed to be. There are people who have had impact on the game that didn't have great statistics. So he's one of those people who should be in the Hall of Fame because the Hall of Fame should be based on, can you tell the story of pro football without this player's name? Marlon Briscoe can't tell the story of pro football without his name. Okay, and we'll end it there. We appreciate your time this week on the, the DC Sports Huddle. As always, we are sponsored by our good friends, MGM National Harbor, for the latest in Washington sports. Visit MGM National Harbor and experience the sports fans' paradise. And they tell me it's air-conditioned, too, so that's even better Ooh. this time of year. For Wildwood George Wallace, and Dave Preston, who had to keep you updated on WTLP, I'm Dave Johnson. We'll see you next time. Break. Hey, Nissan, how do you get to the top? Calculating. Proceed to 1959. Take a hard left in East Africa at the 71 Safari Rally. Veer right for 19 off-road championships in the Baja Desert. Proceed towards Moab. Take the trail to Hell's Revenge. Include steep incline. Continue for the next million miles. Um, where to first again? 60 years, millions of miles, and the capability to take you anywhere. This is the new Nissan. 
¿Te preocupas por tu familia? Entonces, ¿por qué darles solo huevos ordinarios cuando pueden disfrutar de lo mejor? Egglands Best, los únicos huevos con ese delicioso sabor fresco de granja, además de la mejor nutrición, como 6 veces más vitamina D, 10 veces más vitamina E y 25% menos de grasa saturada que los huevos regulares, además de muchos otros nutrientes importantes. Así que, dales los mejores huevos. Egglands Best, mejor sabor, mejor nutrición, mejores huevos.